founding fathers. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they sacrificed. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. As always, I'm your host, Greg Bolden. So glad that you've joined me today because I have a great guest for you. My guest is none other than Gene Atman, who is a renowned ascension guide, a master of multidimensional and transformational healing, also an expert in energy alignment, a captivating public speaker, as well as runs inspiring retreats, which she has one coming up very soon, which we'll talk about as well. She has a passion in her life for finding out the mind, the body, and the spirit, and how they all work together in a holistic nature in order to make people uh, come together for their decisions, come together maybe for a, uh, a purpose, so to speak. I don't really know because that's the great thing about this show is saying, I don't really know what all this is sometimes. And that's why I have these guests on so they can explain it to me so I can better serve you, the listeners that are out there. What I do know is when I do these type of episodes, they are some of my most listened to episodes, and I have no doubt that it is shared wide and far just like those. So, Jean, welcome to America Emboldened. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for being here. So, I'm going to start straight off with, uh, you know, you have all of these uh, things that are talking about making people better people, more focused people, healed people. We need a lot of healing in the world right now. We have broken people everywhere. And I, I, I actually would go with the thought process of everybody is broken, right? There, there's nobody mm. who's not broken. In fact, Ooh. I always I would find challenge you on that. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, that's going to be a great conversation because I think even people that think that they are completely 100% healed and great, there's still brokenness that people walk with in some way, shape or form. I think if we have it all figured mm. out. Uh, I'm open to that challenge today. That, that's going to be a great place to, to, to rest our head in a conversation. So Gene, I'm looking at this thinking, you know, how is it that a person like yourself with all of these talents and skills behind you, how are you helping individuals? Yeah, I really help people to bring what is hidden into the light. So a lot of people run on default programs. They are running via conditioning. They have these defaults that they do every day and they live what they think is consciously because they're focusing on what they want. But what I help people get into is underneath the surface, kind of like they, they operate from the tip of the iceberg. I help people get into the depth under the water. What's hidden in there? Because typically we run from the subconscious programs. If we have, a trauma wound of some sort, a rejection wound of some sort, that typically resides underneath the surface. People don't necessarily live out loud in those ways, not intentionally, but it's always kind of the driving force that perpetuates certain behaviors, right? So I help people tackle those hidden aspects of self so that they can illuminate them, bring them into the light, heal them, and no longer run on those defaults and live in ways that just don't work. So often we hear the expression that hurt people hurt people, right? That it's our wounds that bring wounds to other individuals as well. And sometimes it's not on purpose whatsoever, but it's the baggage that people might carry into a conversation, carry into a relationship, carry into a workplace that then causes an environment to become 
I hate to use the word toxic in today's day and age, but it does become toxic for individuals because they're bringing some of their energy that they have not checked for themselves. So where do you recommend, since we all have some type of baggage behind us, that's my talking point behind being broken. Uh, where do you recommend people begin? Because like I said, I wasn't aware of people like yourself until uh, being recommended over to you as a guest. Yeah, it's really interesting um, to be able to have awareness of why you do the things that you do. <laughs> it's a great place to start. <laughs> um, so I help people dive into those inner worlds to sort of access those places. And I always tell people to use your thoughts, your feelings as information. That's how we start to access those places. So for instance, if someone has an insecurity wound that they're playing out and they feel unsure or lack confidence in going after something they want, and they find themselves in fear and the inability to move towards the thing that they want, that is just an insecurity wound, right? So these, this person is preventing themselves from moving forward and accomplishing what they consciously want based on something that they're too afraid to see sometimes. And coming from the energetic perspective, I see how many protective mechanisms are surrounding people's hurts and wounds because we don't want to feel them all the time. So if we're hurt by something, we stuff all kinds of things on top of it so we don't have to manage it anymore. And we get so masterful at hiding that stuff, we can't even find it for ourselves sometimes. So that's what I help people do is access those places where the hurt is, is trapped in their system. And we help to neutralize that pain, help to heal the hurt, and therefore freeing it from their vibration. So where they're no longer attracting certain things in that are poking and prodding saying, hey, there's still a wound in there. Hey, hey, do you remember that place you got to take care of yet? Hey, that place needs tending to. So we kind of keep getting those signals until we finally manage it. And it's profoundly uncomfortable sometimes if we're ignoring it. <laughs> I, I completely understand the uncomfortableness because as you're speaking, I feel personally attacked. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're it, like, you are seeing me too closely. <laughs> well, it's not that you're seeing me too closely, but I want to I share this for listeners, right? Um, I like to tell personal stories with my guest in order to help represent those individuals might be listening or watching and going, hmm, where do I fit into all this? I wish I could have had this conversation with Gene. So I'm going to share a personal story with you, Gene, and then maybe you can walk me through a little bit of how you walk other people through so they know what to expect. Uh, should they sure. reach out to you and contact you after all this is over? And we can kind of have that conversation and get into some of these uh, transformations that you've seen during your career doing this. Sure. I have baggage for myself, trauma for myself that I'm well acutely aware of. I escape a lot of my anxieties with that baggage by doing my show. Mm -hmm. I escape that by engaging online in conversations and building my network rather than attending to the fact that I have a father with Alzheimer's rather than attending to the fact that there are things in my life that are out of balance as a result of all the work that I do. And I'm well aware of it. And yet I keep going back and distracting myself because it feels easier than dealing with the reality of my life. And I'm sure that so many other people, maybe they listen to my podcast 
to get out of the reality of what is their life and that escape for a little bit to get some type of information to feel a little bit better. So I would like to say, listeners, you're no different than me. We're all doing the same thing together. But Gene, I've dealt with it acutely. Like I know what these things are that make me anxious, make me uncomfortable, but yet I can't heal that brokenness. So where hmm. does somebody like myself or my listeners begin when you know that you have an issue, you know what you're doing to distract yourself from the issue, but yet mm -hmm. you keep repeating the same exact thing? Yeah, that is all a part of the, the subconscious programming and the defaults to keep you comfortable. So uncomfortably comfortable, <laughs> right? We, we like to think we know what we're doing. Our ego gets really happy when we think we know what's going on and we, <laughs> we can see things. So we like to do things that we feel good at. And a lot of times that keeps people in the distraction piece of things, because even though it's uncomfortable, they know what to expect. Mm -hmm. What prevents people from getting into their inner work is not knowing what to do with that stuff. You know it's wrong, but you don't know what to do with it. Therefore, it's easier to escape it and to do so, something that you do feel like you can be productive at, because that pacifies the ego to say, well, at least I'm doing this, right? Correct. And then you and then you kind of feel like, okay, I'm doing okay, because I'm doing this in these ways, right? So, and, and let me just bring in a little caveat here too, because what you're doing is you personally with this program, you might think that it's all about ignoring the inner work because you don't know what to do, whether that's true or not, but I want to bring this around that you're not, <laughs> that by doing this, you are also helping yourself heal through that. Right. Even though it might not be diving directly into the core right now, everything that you do that helps you to feel balanced and good and centered, you are chipping away that stuff until you get to that point where you can access the depth. Does that make mm. sense? So while it might it be distracting feeling, you know, and we do use that, but you, you're still positively influencing your energy and your life. Trying to trying to, I would you know, say the, you are, <laughs> but there's a lot of people out there that take my energy and I'm sure take your energy and everybody else. I call them the energy vampires, right? Hmm. The people that are on social media, non nonstop that don't contribute to positivity in this world. Yeah. in a way that I would like to see positivity. I, it just earlier today, I'm sitting there scrolling through, trying to get the stories for my ideas for this coming week coming up. And I see somebody posted a video of a car getting uh, into an accident where a person had mm. to have died. And I'm going, why would somebody post that? Like mm. once you see something like that, we become what we consume. And immediately I block the person and I'm not normally somebody that blocks people, but I just don't need that in my life. Right. Yeah. The same thing could be said about politics in this world right now. Like I, I'm uh, an uh, almost an anarchist in some ways, but not in the typical anarchist sense. I just am tired of politics as usual because I know that it's used to divide us and to take our energy away from things that matter in relation. So I'm a bit uncomfortable with having a platform that when I crack open a microphone or bring a guest on, I understand that I have a responsibility for the energy that I'm bringing into the world based upon my words, the topics that I select, the way that I approach them. Um, so I am very aware of that, but that's almost to the uh, a point of 
scaring me sometimes and the anxiety of, do I really want to do this interview today? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. you know, so it, it is a block, I think for me personally, uh, knowing that with this great power of broadcasting comes great responsibility and that's mm -hmm. not to inflate a sense of worth. It just, I understand if it goes out there and 50,000, hundred thousand people are listening to something, yeah. that's a hundred thousand people that hadn't heard it before. Right. Yeah, very true. It is definitely um, a big responsibility. And I feel like everything that we do, if we can come from a heart centered space, that's the most important thing. You know, it's like even your words will change if you are in your head and you're thinking about things and you say something versus if you take a moment and settle into your heart space and then speak. It's a very different vibration. It's a very different frequency in how it's how it's put out there into the world and typically how it's received as well. You know, and there's one thing that I found years ago, and it is if you are acting for your highest good, you are also acting for others' highest good. Because you're tapping into that place of integrity within yourself, with honor within yourself, therefore also acting for the best interest of others. So I feel like that leads a lot of how I lead my life. Um, because I, I have learned, I grew up with a ton of trauma, a ton of abuse, a lot of toxicity, drew in narcissistic relationships, healed through a lot of that stuff. You know, there's so much that we come in here to learn and grow through. And when you come to the other side of it and you recognize the strengths that you've gained from that, you know, and and what you've grown into and who you've become and ultimately who you who you originally are at your core, like we are light, we are purity, we are love. We just get shrouded by all this other crap <laughs> that prevents us from feeling that way for a long time. So I saw this video a long time ago and it was just so beautiful. This woman had a light bulb and she said, when we're born, we are this bright, pure light source. And throughout life, when she starts taking clay, she says throughout life, we get trauma and all these things. And before you know it, the entire thing is covered and you cannot even see the light. And this is that point where people feel like you had mentioned broken. We just feel like we don't even know who we are anymore. We just feel so distant from ourselves. And she said, with healing work, all of a sudden you crack away this part. You start to heal this other part. And before you know it, she's taken all the clay off the light and it's the light bulb is full and pure and bright again. You know, so it really, as we progress through this life, it's a lot of unlearning the conditioning that we've walked through and our ability to stand true to ourselves again. And to start that process is stop living for other people's expectations mm. and start living for your own. But people are propelled through rejection wounds. You know, if you felt rejected or abandoned as everybody I'm pretty sure has, <laughs> we've got some sort, we can access that, right? But if you have that wound that sets you up for perfectionism, people pleasing, overachieving, so that is the byproduct of that wound. It's the behavior that is stemming from that wound. So mm. if you know that and you go in and say, okay, where is this rejection in my body and my energy? Where do I feel this abandonment? And you heal there, then all of a sudden you are less inclined to behave in those ways because you're not needing to pacify that wound. So that's what's so important about healing is you get into that so you don't have to be what isn't really organic to you anymore. So let me ask you, if somebody has that trauma and my philosophy, as I stated at the beginning of the interview is I believe everybody to some degree is broken. Mm -hmm. 
if they're sitting there and they're feeling something like people experience anxiety, people experience depression in different physicalities. Um, Some people get upset stomachs. They feel like they're going to throw up. Other people get heart palpitations. Other people get a lump in their throat. Some people sweat. When you say working through the trauma and how it's manifesting, you're really talking about like, why do you feel this in your stomach and how is this trauma tied to your stomach, to your heart, to your throat? Am I understanding that Mm -hmm. accurately? Yes. Yeah. For me, it's an energetic perspective. Mm -hmm. So for instance, if someone has a lot of stomach challenges and they feel really nervous or anxious, um, typically your solar plexus, are you familiar with the chakra system? Okay. So your solar plexus is located at the base of your sternum, right? And so if you, and that's your, your source of confidence, your will, how you show up in the world. And so if that has been compromised at a young age and that is shrouded and covered and you can't come into your full sense of confidence, it's a distortion in your energy. Mm -hmm. So what's so beautiful about energy healing is you don't have to walk through the memories of the trauma. You don't have to re-experience it. That's actually counterproductive. If you really just clear the energy, start to alchemize it, transmute it, and you neutralize it, then all of a sudden you're no longer operating from that trapped emotion in your body you have sort of this this elevated state that you can now operate from and it creates a lot less limitations in your life so and i'll take the um the energy of anxiety a lot of times anxiety is just there's so much in your field and it's it's kind of creating an overwhelm and you're not really sure what to prioritize because everything feels like it's a priority it's excess energy around you. And a lot of times that stems from a really active mental body, really active mind, and just too many things. People with depression, I feel like they're holding a lot of density in their field. Their field is depressed. So when you start to work with the energetics, it can really free people up in a much more easy way, rather than to try to, you know, we, we think about the old theories of therapy. And I do think therapy is amazing because it really brings awareness and consciousness. Um, but when you really, you know, you've, you've come into terms with the why, now you want to know how to do things differently. To free the energetic field really gives you a clean slate. And a, and a clear launching pad so you can come back into your free will and choice much more readily versus trying to force your way through the shrouding of this trapped energy and emotion that, you know, kind of had been with people for a long time. So I have a, a listener that when I have these conversations, and I guarantee I'm going to get a text message from this listener um, after the show as well. They tell me, you know, why do you waste time, Bolden, on spending hours with people talk about energy uh this mumbo jumbo of the universe why do you talk about the stars why do you talk to reikis and why do you spend all this and i always tell everybody it's because what you don't know about the world to me is more fascinating than what i can know about the world Mm -hmm. um science will tell me a ton of things Science will will tell me about the prisms of the rainbow and why the sky is blue. Science can explain to me what my body's made up of as far as the mass uh, that creates the electrical infrastructure of my brain. But what science fails to kind of stops at is when I talk about both the visible and invisible light spectrum being part of the electromagnetic universe 
followed by the fact that we are electromagnetic beings. I understand at, at a core teaching that we are energetic beings. We are actually beings of light that we give off light as human beings, both in our physical manifestation, you can put us under light spectrums and you can see there's light that comes off our bodies as yeah. well as there's a feeling to words and intention that gives us this magnetic, almost, uh, entrenchment with people and you know some people can call that love then call that how they knew they were going to be best friends that bond that comes through others will dismiss it to a chemical reaction in the brain yeah. hearing you talk about people working on their own energy i like hearing this because i understand that side of the world what do you say to individuals like my listener that's going to text me when they tell you, yeah, I'm not into all this energy stuff. Just live your life. Um, yeah. Some people get depressed, get yourself out of it, grab yourself by the bootstraps and, and try the smile and have a good time. You're dealing with anxiety. Just go do something and stop being agoraphobic and staying inside your home. You know, how do you convince somebody who is a skeptic on energy work? The energy work is important for all of us. Mm, that's a really good question. And honestly, um, I gave up trying to convince people long ago. <laughs> mm. I, um, I feel like there's certain things that are resonant for each of us based on what we need to move ourselves forward in our own personal paths. And I used to, when I was in my people-pleasing, overachieving <laughs> self, um, really kicking, t bringing these people who, was kick who were kicking and screaming forward. You know, they didn't want to heal. And I was like, but we can do this and that and trying everything I could to try to help them heal. And they just complete resistance. And it wore me down. It really wore me down. Mm -hmm. And I started thinking, why am I con continuing to try to bring these people with me that just don't want to come in this direction? You know, and so I learned the hard way um, that everybody's got their own path. Everybody's got their own timing. And what I believe is something that is special and unique and resonant to what I need for my soul's evolution. And if someone else doesn't believe in energy, it's most likely because they don't need that as a tool in this lifetime. You know, so um, I live by um, this phrase. It's so beautiful. I want what you want for you. You know, if you I don't like want that. to know about energy, that's okay. I want what you want for you. <laughs> I you like can, that. Yeah, take take what, what works, take what resonates and leave the rest. It's okay. I'm not offended if you don't believe what I say. It's maybe just not meant for you. We're walking in different paths and that's okay. That's not the answer I was expecting from you. And I'm glad. And the, and the reason why that's not the answer I was expecting from you is because you do work with people you do this as a living um mm -hmm. people hire you to help them with their transformational energy uh to help them re reach what you call limitless potential and so i would expect you to be like well yeah let me sell you on this, this is exactly why this is going to help you instead you're going no if my work's meant for you you already understand it you're being called to it if my work's not meant to you then good luck you know, you, you, I wish you well on the journey. Uh, we're mm -hmm. all on it together, uh, moving to what is coming next. Uh, and I want to get into that later in today's interview. I want to get into new earth theory. I want to get into what I believe is already kind of a multi-dimensional splits that we're seeing in life. But we'll, we'll talk about that, see how open to it you are. Sure. But since we're on uh, this, this concept of the work that you do, 
I'm going to do a quick little promo for you uh, live here on the show. Um, for those that are looking right now, you can go to the Gene Atman, J-E-A-N-A-T-M-A-N.com. Uh, for those that are not just listening, those that are viewing this as well, uh, here's the website right up here. You can see it. Oh, there's Gene looking all pretty. I like it. Nice <laughs> shot there, Gene. All right. And you know what, what else, Gene? You look identical to your photo right now. That doesn't happen with everybody that, uh, that I interview. I love it. Very good. But we have Thank up you. here in this upper right-hand corner, Limitless Live 24. And so when I was researching uh, for the interview and going into all this, I found this to be pretty interesting. You're, you're doing a small group almost, am I allowed to call it therapy or is it like light work? How do you like to, um, how do you classify this? I, I categorize it as an experience. <laughs> okay, that, that, that's that's great. So you're doing a, a small yeah. group experience um, mm -hmm. in order to uh, help people shift a paradigm in their lives, which I talk about often on my show, but yeah. see things a little bit differently about their own perspective. And I was looking through testimonials. Tell me about previous people that have worked with you, what they've experienced and what my listeners could expect. Should they have some interest in this and go to your website and be like, you know what? I think I might sign up for this. Yeah. Limitless is great. I developed it back in 2019 and launched it in 2020. And my, I was getting really busy with private clients and I was having this deep desire to reach more people. And I kept getting that through guidance to reach more people, reach more people. And I was like, I don't have the bandwidth <laughs> to reach more people. And so I decided to develop a course around it so that I could reach more people and not sacrifice my own energy in doing so. And so I started to really think about what is the foundational pieces? What are the foundational pieces that people typically live within that might not be serving them as they're trying to make you know, forward movements or have traction in their lives. And so I took the basics of the foundations that people typically are living with within the illusions, like for instance, conditioning, you know, if you're told that you're a bad kid and you grow up thinking that you're unwanted, like those are foundational pieces within people that inf impact and influence the rest of their lives. So I have structured Limitless in a way to help people access those inner worlds, help people access the, the deeper levels of the subconscious that have been hidden, help them access the wounds that are hurt, that are trapped in their systems, that are just really needing to be liberated. And I take them through a guided journey with me for 10 weeks. So they get a module once a week, as well as a guided healing transmission. So I love the healing transmissions. People tell me that they listen to these for years and repeatedly, they love them. I probably just need to make a meditation app. But it takes people through the energetics of their own energy system. So they have a chance to access all of these places within them that they might not have even known existed yet. Mm -hmm. And they get a chance to clear their own field. And then the beautiful part of that is they get to experience what happens when they do that. So when you change your energy and your frequency, everything around you responds to you differently. The world is simply a reflection of what we contain within. So if we're living in our wounds, we're going to continue to perpetuate those cycles. If we rise above it, we're going to have access to brand new things and those things that we've wanted, we just couldn't have access to before. So I help people elevate their consciousness to release the density that they're holding, the shame, the guilt, the blame, all the stuff 
and live, learn to live in new ways of being that better reflects a version of who they want to be versus who they're trying to run from. And this is going to start on my birthday, by the way, January 29th. <laughs> I saw here you have Limitless, Limitless Live launches January 29th, 2024. So uh, just about a little bit of a week and a half away as people are hearing this here. Um, you know, in order to sign up, they just go to your website, they can do so, or do you do a vetting process? How's that work? Yeah, they um, sometimes if people know that it's aligned, they can go ahead and click on and just purchase and jump into the program. Um, I trust that people know where they're led. If some people are on the fence and they want more information, I do also have a spot on there where they can set up a call with me. And we can talk specifically about, you know, what their challenges are. And I can see if it's an aligned experience for them or not. You know, we kind of flush it out and really just kind of chat a little bit and see. So that's also an option that I like to provide for people just so they can get more information. You know, I believe in making informed decisions. And if the program's not right, I'll be the first one to say, you know what, it's okay, maybe next year, or maybe this would serve you better right now. Um, I'm not here to just sell people on it. I really want to create an amazingly cohesive group where the energy um, is, is reflective of each other, and we can really just grow and thrive through the experience. So my main goals are to really um, have people come in with intentions about what they want to create, and in three months time, help them get it. Without sharing names and uh, making sure we respect other people's privacy, what's been the most transformational uh, testimonial that you've heard of? Yeah, there's so many throughout the years. Um, oh, I have this um, this one from Portugal. I loved working with her so much. And she said that for the first time, she really was able to feel in love with herself where she was always focusing on other people and exhausted from being there for other people, just trying to feel loved. And in reverse engineering, you know, what was happening in her life and finally being able to turn things in, she says, I was walking around just smiling and happy and saying, I love you to myself. And it was the best feeling ever, you know? So I love to hear things like that where people can really experience a completely different way of being than they have before. And this is different than coaching because when we play with the energy body, it really does make a huge difference. You know, in saying that too, there's five main bodies that we all contain. We have the mental body, how our mind works, right? Our emotional body, what we feel, our physical body, of course, that's, you know, health mm -hmm. challenges can stem from there. Our energetic body, which is my favorite place to play, <laughs> and our spiritual body, which is our soul's evolution. So if you're only dealing with one or two of those, you're missing such huge opportunity to get that full picture, that full spectrum of really moving you forward because you can't leave parts of yourself behind and feel free to move forward. You really need to take all of you with. <laughs> right. So I help people gather pieces of themselves, clear away things that don't fit and finally gain traction in, um, in what they're wanting to create for themselves. It's interesting behind me on my wall, I have a bunch of guitars and I've shared the story with several people. My listeners might actually be familiar with some of the story, maybe not the whole, but a long time ago, somebody asked me what heaven was like. And a friend of mine, I had asked him, I said, well, what's your favorite chord on the guitar? And my friend at the time said, an E uh, power chord. And I said, yeah, E power chord is one of those, you strum it on the guitar, everything's in perfect harmony. I said, that's my heaven. Mm -hmm. So for me, heaven is in our bodies and our tune and our energy that we bring. I would relate myself to my guitars. 
if a string's out of tune, when I go and play an E power chord, it might sound powerful, but off. If I don't keep my guitars in good working order, the physical body, if I don't change the strings, which is much like renewal for ourselves in our life, if I don't make sure my hands are in proper placement, if I don't mentally think about how I'm going to strum, then we get this dissonance in that chord that to me is hell. To me, mm. it's the, the part of energy that, that rips us out of being in perfect union with everybody else in the world. And so as you were saying that, and what she talked about, about loving herself, I'd never heard anybody really say that we have a five parts of being in that way. So I was waiting to see if anything didn't make sense or something was new, but everything made sense. I followed <laughs> you the whole way. That's a beautiful way to put it though, because it goes well with the way that I kind of envision, uh, teachings behind religion, teachings of spirituality, uh, whether it's new age that people talk about, or it's something that they go to the church for. I think it all ties together at the end, the manifestation of light, uh, of good intent, um, and love first for self. So one can love another individual. Very true. I, I do really believe that people can only meet other people, how they meet themselves. You know, and we see a lot of aggression and violence and things in the world right now. And I just think, gosh, how are those people treating themselves? You know, how cruel are they within? What is their mindset? How do they speak to themselves? You know, because they're not operating from that place of love and kindness for sure. And that's what scares me about wherever our world has transported to. And that's the second half here that I want to get into with you. Yeah. And if, if there's anything that you're like, Greg, this is outside my wheelhouse. I don't feel like we should go there. Feel free to, to tap out on your limitations. <laughs> okay. I'm going to throw some ideas out there that I throw in with other guests, see where you and I go with some of these things. And we'll go from there. So you mentioned the chakras earlier, right? Starting from here, going down through, we have all the way to the pelvic region, right? And so mm -hmm. we talked about the sternum earlier, the sense of self. My good friend, Chris Michaels, he comes onto the show on Fridays. He's a uh, master of Reiki as well on uh, healing people. And he always says, Greg, you should pay attention to the fact that the world is inverting people's energy, that they're inverting the chakras in the world. Uh, when we look at politics, when we look at agendas that people have, everything is inverted and changing energy for the negative. And I'm trying to figure out, you know, is this true? So I'm going to start with that as a, a conversation starter. Gene, yes. are we inverting the world? Yeah, I love this. I love this conversation. So um, I want to say it was back in 2020. I'd have to look. But the, the concept of inversion was so clear to me coming through. And it was showing me this inverted triangle. So the triangle, the, the peak, the pivotal point was facing down. Mm -hmm. So the point that was grounded was basically teetering. So we were, we were balancing, kind of teetering in a way right? And feeling very unstable, easily knocking us over, manipulating us, things like that. It's an inversion. So when you flip the triangle, all of a sudden the base of it becomes the broad part. So you feel deeply anchored and very grounded in your stance, very strong and sturdy. And a pinnacle point reaches up to source, which is a pure channel straight up. So you don't get a lot of distorted energy. You get the purity of what you're looking for. And so we've been living in this inversion for a very, very long time. 
And I do think, you know, there's a split earth theory that's been coming around too. And I do think that the differences between consciousness of what we're entering into, where one level of consciousness, call it the 3D, some people are in 4D, um, but they are still very, very inverted where they're being manipulated, they're being, you know, <laughs> news, everything else, a lot of fear manipulation, which controls people's behavior when they're responding from fear, or reacting, I should say, from fear. It's not even a response. And but when you can wreck, oh, go ahead. Yeah, so, so I want to get, let's let you continue, but I want to get into the control element of that in just a moment. Keep going. Yeah, um, but the, the place where we are elevating into, you know, we're here for the ascension process of this planet. And those of us that are on any kind of path, you know, curious even about what is that that says to me that you're on path. <laughs> so everybody take a deep breath, you're all okay. <laughs> um, but when you're on path, you're coming into this place where it, it feels better if you can come more into your alignment, you're not being manipulated anymore, because you become certain of your own energy. And because that you are tapping into more of your authentic self, which that part of you is run through your intuition. And you know, there's a deep sense of knowing that comes within that place. And so you can't be manipulated because anything that challenges that sense of knowing, it doesn't even have a space in your field or in your life. So it's a much more clear and concise and confident way of being that we've been lacking because this whole planet has been shrouded with craziness for so long. So, and this right now is a choice. You can choose to hop on the Ascension bandwagon and have some fun, or you can stay in the darkness, which I wouldn't recommend. <laughs> no, I definitely don't want to stay in the dark. Um, <laughs> I've been in the dark from time to time. Oh, I've been there plenty. <laughs> I, we're uh, done here. Yeah, <laughs> we're I, I, pref I prefer to stay far away from that in my life. Um, <laughs> For sure. Yeah, uh, th that goes back to the trauma stuff, right? Uh, growing up in the Catholic Church and some other things. Oh, we could talk. We yeah. could. I will tell you, my mom was a nun, mm -hmm. and my dad was a brother, and they got yeah. permission from the Pope to get a dispensation to get married. So we are ve we very very Catholic in my household, and yeah. I was challenging my parents from the time I was born. <laughs> Yeah, we, 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 that's a conversation for a second, another time, second interview for another day. <laughs> Definitely. We could get into that. The control. Mm -hmm. This is, this is where I want to go with this. So it's not where I want to go, but it's where I, I want to uh, maybe explore. It seems to me that the people that I've thought were extremely intelligent individuals, and I still think they're extremely intelligent individuals are more easily controlled now than ever before. And I state that as somebody who will consistently debunk stories. Uh, just uh, earlier today, I was calling the Brooklyn children's museum because I saw a story about how these tunnels from this Brooklyn synagogue went to the ch children's museum. And I was like, you know, I don't think that adds up. I bet if mm -hmm. I called the children's museum, they're going to say, yeah, we have no evidence of this here. Somebody ran this story. People are using these storylines, these narratives uh, on both sides, a liberal talking point, a conservative talking point to control individuals, thoughts, feelings, as well as what they're going to do in the future. But I'm not sure how much of it people are willing participants in controlling others and how much is accidental because they're caught up in a systemic system now where that's what they believe they have to do mm -hmm. 
in order to have their validation. At what point as an energy healer, have you noticed that people are weaponizing energy against other individuals? That's my question. Mm. Um, I think that, I mean, this kind of, kind of goes back to even like light versus dark kind of way, which I have theories on that too. Um, I'm trying to think where to start with that conversation. So I think people are going to use energy to suit their agenda, whatever it is. And as you mentioned, a lot of it can even be not conscious, where they're just in the collective field of that way of being, that frequency, that belief system, whatever that is. So they're caught up in it, as you mentioned, the systemic system, right, that is just that way. So sometimes that is operating on default. There is some that's not, that is very conscious to manipulate, to maintain control and things like that. Um, so, but I do think that where you vibrate personally is going to influence how much you are impacted by those systems. So like, I don't watch the news. I don't watch TV. I don't watch, I don't watch any of that. Right. I don't like to uh, witness it because I feel my energy dropping. I feel an exhaustion come over me. I feel a sense of defeat. I can feel the fear coming in. I feel all the different energies coming around that I don't want to play in you know? Um, and so I choose to remove myself from that stuff so that I can maintain a frequency that is not of that, that is elevated from that place. And when I do that, I feel like I have more access to other information that comes in from channel and other types of wisdom that overrides a lot of that stuff where I can see the BS in it. You know, I can look at that and say, that's not true. But I think people, we want to believe in each other. We want to believe what we're told. We, I think we're all pure at heart and we want to believe what we're being told, but people just forgot to do their research. You know, we forgot that it's, it's important to, to figure things out for yourself, <laughs> you know? Um, so I think as we move through this, people are learning, we can't trust, you know, AI is producing these photos that could be anything. They look very realistic, but, you know, um, and some people are believing that this stuff is happening and they're very um, easily influenced. So it's going to, I think it's going to get a little bit more chaotic as we, as we do have some truth bombs that are coming out. Um, and then what else is true? And some of these things might seem outlandish that have just been hidden for so long that are now exposed. And so it's going to be a little bit tricky, I think, to discern what's actually real truth and what's a manufactured truth. So I would say, do your research like you did. Make the phone calls, <laughs> see for yourself, trust your own intuition regarding things. Yeah. I, wow. There's so many places we could go with what you just stated because that's a, a laundry list of topics. Uh, let's start here. Uh, leave the world behind. It's a movie that was produced by Barack Obama. It was on Netflix. Yeah. One of the listeners of my show, she's been listening since the very beginning. I know that she's going to clip what you just said and put it on her socials because she told me before I watched the movie, don't watch it. And I said, well, I need to watch. I need to find out like what people are talking about. That's what I do. And she goes, don't watch it because the movie will watch you. She said, what you need to understand is when you watch those things, you now are not participating in the movie. The movie's participating in you. Ooh. And <laughs> I was like, you know, that's one of those things where I'm like, ah, 
I hate when my listeners tell me stuff that I know is right. And she's a friend now too. I mean, I've known her for years. Um, but I was like, she's right. And I watched the movie mm-hmm. and now there's this information coming out. I'm not sure. Are you familiar with what biannual beats are? Uh, biannual beats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So, so we have these frequencies that you can put in. They're supposed to be the divine frequencies, things that help you sleep, meditate, and do all those. Well, the movie was using weaponized frequencies in the bass track in order to make people anxious and uncomfortable. And that wow. plays almost throughout the entire movie. People have dissected the track. And so I'm going, damn, she was correct. <laughs> That's insane. So the anxiety I was feeling was completely weaponized against me. And I did have the movie become me. Damn it. I fell for wow. it. That when you said that, that hit me as such a resonant truth about that what she said. Um, And I watched it too. And I am not a fearful person because I believe in the greater process. I believe that everything that is dark that happens has the purpose of light behind it. You know, I have worked through all this stuff and all these, (laughs) we'll get in, it's another conversation, but um, I watched that movie too. And afterwards I was like, I'm filled with so much fear. This is so weird. It was such a weird feeling for me. Oh my gosh, that is insane. But you know, it's like, you think of like 5G towers and all these things coming up, all these different distortions that we're being exposed to. And then you wonder why people are having such challenges right now moving through this ascension process. And I do believe that there are forces that are trying to prevent this ascension and this elevation because what happens then is we come into our individuality and our sovereignty. <laughs> so they want us, you know, kind of dumbed down so that we're more easily controlled. Who they are at this point, I don't even know. <laughs> There's so many things, so many ways we could take that. But I feel like the more we claim our independence, our true independence and interdependence, um, you know, we can't be controlled from that place. So of course, I mean, who knows? all that we could become from that place. Well, I worry about us being controlled. And like I said, you, you, you dropped like three or four different things. I started actually typing them into the comments so I could remember the go to them. And I don't forget because I'm notorious. We'll get into something and then I'll spark five other ideas and then I'll forget to come back to it. So let's hit AI first. All right. I just covered on an episode last week on the network, uh, CES 2024, the consumer economic show. The very first two days were covered around artificial intelligence being embedded into every single product. So that way, artificial intelligence could be seamless with our lives. And they talked about this in such a way with excitement that we have ChatGPT that was being put in half the auto brands. Microsoft was being put in the rest of them. And then Amazon had a new one that was coming out that was going to be put in all the rest of the brands. So we kind of like had a 33% share of each of these AIs and the way it's going to be moving within our lives. The reason I'm bringing that up and what you just said is people are not going to understand the subtlety of how AI is changing the control of your own life because AI has the ability to know you better than you know yourself and use algorithms to manipulate you. Facebook's already been convicted of this several Mm -hmm. years back um, when they went through and they were purposefully making people angry, depressed in an experiment that they didn't tell people they were experimenting in. Wow. So, So with AI coming up with this role in our lives, how do we escape uh, the manipulation of it? Um, I I don't know that Gene, it's not going anywhere. 
I know. And well, and we are coming into the age of Aquarius too, which is all about technology and, you know, developmental uh, tech tools. And so you're right, it's not going anywhere and it's going to continue. But I, I think that honestly, it's a pretty straightforward answer is you have to know yourself. You got to know yourself, you got to know your energy, you have to know what you feel independent from other people around you. Hmm. You have to know how you feel and who you are apart from the chaos that surrounds you to develop a sense of resiliency within yourself and to be able to walk authentically as you. I think that's the key to all of it. Because for me, if something comes into my experience and it doesn't resonate, I know. And I'm like, mm -mm, no, I have no interest in that. It doesn't align with me. But I, I know myself, I've done a, a lot of work <laughs> to get to know myself. Um, so I think the more we can explore what's happening within our inner worlds, the more we'll understand what fits in there and what doesn't. You know, for those that are watching this interview, you see my, my eyebrows curling from time to time, because as Jean's talking, I'm just getting deeper questions. So is that why, Jean, that people are so distracted right now that they can't know themselves? I mean, people can't put down their freaking cell phone for more than, you know, a second while with a person that they love. Um, mm -hmm. How do you know yourself in a world of distractions? I mean, people it's know their apps better than they know their, their families. Yeah, it has to be a choice. And I think, you know, with technology, it's so easy to sit across the dinner table from another person and be on your phone. It has to be a conscious choice to say, you are important. <laughs> this conversation, this relationship, you are important to me and I'm going to be present. I think we just have forgotten how to be present with each other um, in a meaningful way. And I think people are really craving that more. So it's got to be a conscious choice, you know, and I think as long the more you make it, the more that becomes habitual and then we can start to move away and utilizing the tools. Technology is amazing. I mean, think about all the leaps and bounds we've had. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good thing if it's used you know, within some balance, right? So utilize it to, you know, enhance your life as needed, but don't let it consume you. <laughs> you know, maybe keep it to like 5% or something or even less, but be you and organically. And I also think that people are so separate, not only from themselves, but each other and nature. There's just a huge disconnect happening right now. But again, it's choice. How are you choosing to live your life? You know, can you have a conversation and sit down like we're sitting down right here looking at each other without distraction? You know, just generally, casually speaking, <laughs> how often do people do this? So it's just got to be a, a conscious choice. I think that might be part of why I enjoy doing what I do. I, I always tell everybody, they say, what do you enjoy the most about doing a podcast? And I said, the fact that I feel like I've expanded my friendships across the, the world, really. I, I've yeah. spoken with people all over. And at the end of every interview, I really uh, mean it when I say to people, I'm like, you know, let's keep in touch. If you need something, reach out to me. Just a couple of days ago, somebody actually reached out to me. And it's like, hey, remember when you said reach out? I got this uh, new film I'm working on. Can you put me in touch with so-and-so? And I said, absolutely, I can. I'd be happy to. Um, but we we are missing this type of communication where I can listen to what you said and go, oh, Gene, let's follow up on that. Yeah. When we're just putting it into a textual base of, uh, here's 140 characters that we got to express ourselves and hopefully everybody understands what we're getting to. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know, 
I remember when my girls were little and my my now ex-husband, but he said, how do you get them to talk to you so much? And I said, I listen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not hard. <laughs> Simplistic I <answers>. listen. <laughs> we just need to listen more, I think. <laughs> well, I mean, if we go back to like uh, Henry Nowen, his book, Simplicity, where he was talking about when you declutter your life, declutter your space, and even in worship communities and everything else, the more simplistic it was, mm. the more people had transformational experiences. It wasn't about adding. It was about subtracting. Right. Oh, I love that so much. It's such a powerful statement. Yeah. Um, see, this is why I typed it in, because I was going to forget what I was going to ask you next. So <laughs> in that, like 20 minutes ago, when we were talking about AI and people having lack of control, you said that people will have to start learning to decide for themselves what is truth. I'm concerned that people are going to be unable to do so mm -hmm. for several reasons. The first is part of the writer strike and the Screen Actors Guild strike was they struck a deal with AI that any actor now can have their voice used for video games and other applications. Um, meaning they don't have to record the lines. So you could say, oh, well, I heard Lino DiCaprio in that, in that uh, advertisement, that video game, and Leo never showed up to record it. And I'm using his name because that's a big name everybody knows. Yeah. Um, but there's going to be smaller names or presidents, politicians. They can easily have what we used to call deep fakes, but now we're finding ethically people are like, well, no, they could have consented to have that out there. There's individuals that are now talking about disclosure of aliens. Mm -hmm. This is a dangerous street that I find myself parked on because while I believe that there's much more to this earth than what you and I have been told by many people, I also believe there's going to be people that want to weaponize that against individuals and disclosure became a ton more complicated in a world of AI. What is truth? I'm very concerned about because I think disclosure is coming and I'm not sure it's truth. Have you thought about that at all? I absolutely have. And it's a really good question. <laughs> I wish I had a complete answer for you. Um, I, I feel like the more we walk through it, the more discernment we'll learn. You know, right now being so kind of, we're all newbies when it comes to this. You know, we don't, we haven't practiced this. We don't know how to behave here. So um, it's a matter of walking through it and learning as we go. And there's going to be a bit of a learning curve and you have to kind of expect that, but know that it's not always going to stay in that place. That's a temporary state of being until we start to become more masterful at detecting these things. So um, I just really feel like taking it one step at a time, slowing down is a huge thing right now that keeps coming through from my guidance system. Um, don't react. Don't jump too fast. If you're uncertain, it's okay to pause in that place until you know more, learn more, take one step. How does that feel? Does that resonate? Does that feel true? Can you still keep moving in that direction or do you need to pivot? So I think it's, you know, not getting into the fear and the chaos of things, but just slowing down and really looking at it um, a little bit more completely until you feel more confident with what's going on. All right. Another part of the disclosure, let's get the aliens. <laughs> 
Tucker Carlson caused a stir about two weeks ago where he started talking about that he had sources that had spoken to him. And if people understood what aliens were, they'd be put in mental institutions. Hmm. And he said, you know, the reality is they're already here, but if people understood what they were, uh, it would be so horrific for some people, their minds would not be able to handle it and it would cause mass chaos. Hmm. I think I know exactly what he's getting at. And this goes to energy. And I felt like it would be a relevant topic for you because of it. Growing up Catholic and working in a church at one point in my career as well. Um, I know that there were priests that did exorcisms. Mm -hmm. And when I got to have conversations with one of the priests that did exorcisms, uh, they were telling me, you have to be very careful with the energy mm -hmm. and entity that you're working with. There's part of me that wonders when we talk about angels and demons, is the dark energy of evilness and where that comes from, what aliens and angels truly are? Is that not truly hmm. the pillar of light versus a pillar of evil? And is there not an entity and energy that people can go to that make them alien from the authentic human experience? It's interesting. I, um, there's so much in there. <laughs> um, I've cleared entities from people and from homes and um, there's variations of them. And I've seen how they influence people. Um, you know, you talk about people being possessed by entities and demons, things like that. That is a real thing. Um, but at a smaller scale and a more typical scale, people's thoughts can be possessed in a way where they think it's them where there isn't, it doesn't seem to be much separation. It's not like you see in the movie, The Exorcist, where it's clear there's something else that has completely consumed her body, right? right. It, this is, um, and the first entity that I ever cleared, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I just knew that there was something there in this man's body and I needed to extract it. And I remember I was working on his knee and I was led up to his solar plexus. And I went to kind of energetically grab it. And as soon as I touched it, like the energy of it, it broke in half. And there was about the size of my forearm is like this big black worm thing that started like lopping up his body. And I knew that if it got to his throat, that would be bad. I don't know how I knew that it was just some information that came through. So I grabbed it and I threw it <laughs> in my treatment room. Well, the part that broke off literally came and jumped into me. It felt like this huge burst of wind that jumped into my solar plexus, into my belly. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and so thank God I had friends at that point that knew how to manage these things. Um, but I was running a, an event at my holistic center that night and it was a, a good psychic friend of mine. And when this thing jumped in me, I was 10 minutes later, I was greeting people at the door. And what was so interesting is all of a sudden I heard this consciousness within my own body, this other voice that sounded like my voice that said, oh my gosh, they can see me. And all of a sudden I was filled with paranoia. And I thought, mm. this is so weird. So I could hear the consciousness of this thing that just jumped into my system. 
because I knew it, I knew myself well enough where I knew it wasn't me. Right. Right. So throughout the class, um, behind my knee started really hurting. And I just was like digging in, was like the muscle or something. Well, my friend who I called right away after she cleared this thing from my field and she said, I just extracted the, the gnarliest thing from your field. This thing was like a dragon with two heads that completely displaced your heart space, serpentined around your, your spine, wrapped itself around your right leg and planted behind your right knee. And that's exactly where I was hurting so much. It was burrowing like into my energy and into my physical. So she was able to clear it. But what's so fascinating is I could hear the difference between my thoughts and it's, and it was paranoia. And after I cleared this thing from um, my friend slash client, you know, I looked at him, I put his face in my hands and I said, are you okay? Cause he was like deer in headlights. And he says, I don't know. Well, I checked in energetically. This thing was consuming 80% of his thoughts. So think about that. So he was living in chronic paranoia that wasn't even his stuff. Wow. So we can have these parasitic attachments, these entity attachments, these other forces come into our systems, our energy fields, they can latch on, especially when you're in, in times of deep despair, that leaves a, a wide open door for them to come in because they like to feed off of this negative energy and amplify it. So especially if you're feeling really out of control, depressed, or really anxious, or really having a hard time deeply in the struggle, there's a good chance that something is amplifying that experience within you in some way and your emotions behind it. So when you start to clear that stuff, you, you come back into your own space, your own mind, your own thoughts, your own energy and emotions, and those things are manageable. It's when things are unmanageable that something might be influencing you in a negative way. So where that comes from, there's all kinds of questions because, you know, we do have the light and the dark. We do have these lower vibrational parasitic attachments. You know, there's, there's a scale of all kinds of things. And I could go on with stories about entities that I've had to manage throughout the years. But um, I, I don't really tune into the source because these are not things you want to get friendly with and take to bed. <laughs> you but, just want to move them out. <laughs> so, so, but but it doesn't that maybe say that I'm on to something then if you're acknowledging that there's these lower vibrational beings that can latch on the people cause paranoia. And mm -hmm. you're telling me that there's also ways that we can attune ourselves to a, a higher, um, wouldn't it also be from a yin and a yang perspective, pretty plausible that there's also a higher vibrational being mm -hmm. that could also attach to ourselves. Mm-hmm right like yeah, and so sure. when we talk about the alien side or what maybe is disclosure mm -hmm. I, I find it really hard to believe that if we can't travel faster than the speed of light that some other type of physical body is able to do that from across the cosmos mm -hmm. however it makes more sense to me that this world that exists outside this physical realm that we're in that is the energetic world would have access would have alien type of ways to mm -hmm. be able to influence thoughts, to be able to influence the world around it in ways that science can't explain, but yet people like yourself or even myself were in tune with thinking about, hmm, there's more than meets the eye here. There's so much I feel like that we don't know. <laughs> so much that we don't know. 
And it's so interesting to see how things are going to start to come forward, because I do think there's benevolent and malevolent forces across the board, no matter which time space dimension that you're in. Um, but again, I do feel like anything that is dark is leading you into the light, as I said before. So if you think about like a deeply toxic relationship that feels very dark, it's, it's a catalyst for you to change so that you can elevate. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. even things that's, that seemingly feel hurtful, harmful, dark, you know, whatever, it's like, it's still propelling you towards the light. It's still creating that because if we're all in Kumbaya, you know, we're not going to change because we're a happy place. You know, we right. change when things go down, <laughs> you know, you're like, this has to stop. So therefore you're, you're inspired and <laughs> motivated to make the change. So I do feel like even the dark has a light agenda, you know, mm. I'm going to sit with that for some time. I don't want to respond to that. So even the dark has a light agenda. Hmm. It might not be known yeah. <laughs> conscious, but if you're living from that place, I just feel like that's the outcome if that's what you choose. No. Okay. Um, like I said, I want to sit with that statement yeah. <laughs> and process it because if I, if I talk through it, um, I don't think we'll get to the spot where we should be. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's go to the beginning of the conversation and now get some understanding with when I said that I believe that all people are broken Yeah. and that churches are not really meant for churched people. They're actually meant as hospitals for the broken. Mm. Um, and I really mean that. I, I think that, you know, when you're in a, a church, you can look around and there's a ton of broken people that are there for something. And some people leave church and they keep their brokenness and they never deal with it. Other people leave church and they find people like yourself and they start dealing with it in a different way from not the church reaction, but from the energy response. Both are valid and part of the same world in my, in my yeah. book. Right. Um, why do you feel that you disagreed at the beginning that all people you, you would disagree with all people are broken. Tell me, tell me about your philosophy so we can talk that through. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, I feel like people's belief systems are a direct reflection of how their lives are going to work. And so if you believe you're broken, you will always need healing. You will always need to fix something. You will always need to be applying effort there. So I like to come at it from the perspective that everyone is exactly where they should be. Everyone is perfect in their own imperfections. And what you choose to evolve through is part of your soul's journey here. But let's not start in a place where you feel like so much effort has to be put in um, because you're ultimately universally broken. So that's why that word just sort of um, makes me come in like, no, let's talk about that. <laughs> let's reframe, let's reframe that, that belief system. Um, because we, and here's the, here's my philosophy too. We come in here to work through experiences. We are meant to work through those experiences. We're not meant to carry this forward through our whole lives. It literally is meant to be a temporary experience and we are meant to grow and evolve through it. You mean and I shouldn't be holding on to some from seventh grade? <laughs> <laughs> I can help you with that, Greg. 
<laughs> so, but once we realize that we are meant to come full spectrum on the other side of it, we're like, oh, well, then I can let that go because now I'm going to make space for this thing over here. Right. <laughs> so belief systems for me are huge because our perception, you know, really does shape our reality. That's manifestation language as well, correct? Yeah, yeah, sort of. Yeah, like the affirmations, manifestations. Um, for me, it's all the energetics because I love to play in that field. Um, you know, but if you if you carry that belief system, I'm broken. Uh, for what energetically I see, not not you necessarily, but just people in general, it's like a fractured, distorted field. And how can you receive clear information from that place of distortion? It's like, no, I'm claiming this. I'm claiming my natural rights that I am a full, bright, bold, badass being. And that's who I'm going to be because that's who I am at my soul. And this human experience that was just an experience is not going to frame me. You know, I'm going to claim who I rightfully am organically, authentically, and live from that place. Hmm. All right. Let's shift to New Earth. January 24th, I have an interview that I'll be doing. For the second time, I'll have him on my show. Ben Davidson. Okay. Ben Davidson believes that the earth is likely numbered in the amount of days in its current state that we have left within the next 20 to 25 years. Uh, it's going to look drastically different because of a cosmic event. And I talked to him about that before. And he says that the sun goes through a solar micronova about every 6,000 years. And when this happens, the earth physically changes. It has a magnetic change on the way people's minds think. Um, it's a mass casualty event, but humanity has always existed afterwards, but it sets humanity back many, many thousands of millennia. Mm -hmm. um, I had um, Chris Largen on my show, who's a master astrologer, uh, runs the seventh Academy, brilliant man. Uh, talks about new earth. And I asked him how much of new earth theory would align with earth cataclysms and catastrophe cycles based on what Ben Davidson speaks about. And he goes, Greg, they're completely aligned. And so when we talk about the new earth, it's always about the re-cleansing in this new uh, reality. We have billionaires that are building bunkers all around the world right now. Yeah. Ben's like, they know. He's like, Greg, they started already because they know what's coming. Mm -hmm. They know how this plays out. We have people like Ramtha, uh, people like Dolores Cannon, mm -hmm. who was telling us about the new earth. Yeah. And what I'm being led to and what I think people are telling me, but I'm not quite sure. And that's why I'm asking you to get another <laughs> perspective on this. I think people are telling me it's time for me to elevate my thoughts beyond the earthly worldly belongings to the spiritual side, because I may not have a physical body for long, but that spiritual body is forever and that energy is forever. Mm -hmm. And so while the billionaires are busy thinking about their physical being, I and you and everybody else should be worried about thinking about our mental and spiritual and what's next well-being. Mm -hmm. and that might be a really difficult conversation for people to have the cure that, Hey, you know what? Your physical body, you might be dead, you know, tomorrow, a month from mm -hmm. now, we're all going to die. Yeah. But I think that the shift, what is the new earth in your words? And then how could it relate to earth catastrophism as well as uh, whatever people are preparing for right now? 
Yeah, that's a big question. Um, that too, I get glimpses into, I wish I had a, a you know, magic ball where I could be like, this is what's happening. I think we all wish we had that um, because it, it can, it does feel a little bit um, like a catastrophic event is impending. There's a lot of energy, you know, that is showing, sometimes you just got to break the stuff down, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, complete reset, because we are just in a really bad state, just going to, you know, demo the building, start fresh kind of thing. So I don't know, I think a lot of it is going to depend on what humanity does. I feel like with this ascension process, the Earth's frequency is elevating, you know, through harmonic convergence, we are also elevating. But what that means is we have to purge things um, in order to make space for the elevated ways of being. Those people that are in resistance to it, that are holding the density, you know, I think that that is, it's not prohibiting it because the Earth is massive compared to you know, the little humanity that's that's in resistance. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I don't know if we need like a full cleanse of the entire thing. You know, we talk about the split earth and there's been so many situations about, um, you know, like the mothership is going to come down. We're going to go to a whole different planet. You know, all these things. Like there's so many <laughs> things that you hear and it's like, what fits for you? And for me personally, I feel like it's a consciousness shift. I don't know about the complete destruction of Earth. To me, that feels a little radical for what we're going through. I do feel like we do need a deep cleanse, but I feel like energetically people are doing the work, which is tipping the scales in our favor of being able to maintain this planet and to be able to regrow um, what we have left in a, in a more sustainable way. I feel like consciousness is coming in, these kiddos that are coming in our freaking brilliant and so bright and so passionate about the things that really matter. So within all of that consciousness, that's it's really tipping the scales into something a lot more beautiful than where we've been. So I do think it's kind of dependent on what humanity does over these next, you know, decade or so that's going to determine if we need a full reset or if we can make it through. Well, it seems like there's leaders that would like to lead us to the great reset. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah 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 <laughs> so i saw something recently and it's on the a couple of my friends we've discussed a, a lot during uh the whole pandemic uh people had the choice to make right whether or not they were going to get jabbed or not get jabbed yeah and one of my favorite things is i've done my research before i did this and so he just recently said to me no you idiot you were the research <laughs> <laughs> i know i know <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, it was tough, I think, for people. There was so much fear. And it's like, please just see through it, just see through it, you know, to really make the best choices for you. And people did make the best choices sure. they need to Everybody make Everybody made the best but, choice for them. They did. But yeah, it was a very, I think, that. hard time for people. Um, there's so much information coming out about so many injuries and things, which is very difficult to see. Um, mm. But yeah, that's I, a whole I, other discussion I, as well. I've highlighted a lot of that on my show. Uh, it's another discussion, but it goes into our conversation a, a little bit from the perspective of, I feel like something is off. And so <laughs> what is the odds? And I'm, I'm, this is putting on my tinfoil hat, although I don't think it's a tinfoil hat, uh, but I'm still, I, I say that to my listeners whenever I'm going to go in the conspiracy world, but at the same time, it might be something I kind of believe. Um, what are the odds that something like the Large Hadron Collider, which is about energy and using up a ton of energy in order to, to have these type of events, 
could have possibly in any way, shape or form shifted us into a multidimensional second timeline of earth and that we don't realize it, but we really did shift to a new earth and maybe we're continually shifting to new earths right now, which is the Mandela effect and all these other things. Yeah. What's the odds that like, maybe something like that's happening and that's what people are warning about. Yeah. I, I think that it has already happened. <laughs> I feel like we are in different timelines, different dimensions. I don't know if you have noticed anything like that, but if you leave things at a certain location and you come back and they're no longer there, mm -hmm. I feel like we're jumping timelines a lot. <laughs> so I do feel like we're already there and we are living multidimensionally. And that's why the power of choice right now is so important. Choose where you want to be because there's all sorts of versions and variations of timelines that we have available to us. And if you're in a low spot, you might be aligning with a lower vibrational timeline. If then you, the next day you're in a high spot, guess where you're aligning with. So you're bouncing, you're bi-located or tri-located or you know, could go on in these different places that are potential because right now we are living in potential. So I think it's it's going to get weird and fun and crazy. And, and the other thing, I think with the ascension um, timeline of really losing the ability to remember things, because I feel like you may have been on a certain timeline in the morning and then you're in a different one in the afternoon and you have no recollection of what you did in the morning because it wasn't even on the timeline that you're currently on. You know, so people are like, I can't remember anything. And I'm like, well, that's why you're in a different timeline <laughs> two hours ago. <laughs> you know, so I feel like that is another reason that it's, we're bringing back into like really being present because what happened in the past doesn't really matter. You can't try to keep carrying that baggage and stuff with you. And even from early, what you had for breakfast doesn't matter. It's done with what matters now is what's right here in front of you, you know, and that way you can craft your future with every moment of your present. And so if I'm being aware and conscious there, you really can start to create the reality that you want. And um, if you notice that fear is coming in, challenge it and see, am I, you know, leaning into a timeline where that's the potential? Do I want to stay there or not? You know, they keep saying we're such powerful beings. I feel like it's our turn now to try that on and see what, what we can do with it. It's Eckhart Tolle, the power of now. Mm, it's, yeah, there's, for there's sure. No, there's no future. There's no past. There's only now. Everything yeah. else is the construct of uh, mankind. Uh, we, we've created the trapping, so to speak, uh, of our past. I am curious about one last thing because we, we've covered a lot and we could continue <laughs> on for hours. I, I know we could. Um, I'm curious about as a, as a, Reiki master, mm -hmm. you have to have permission to ethically access somebody else. You can't just work on somebody without their permission. Mm -hmm. That all stated, people that live in the past that are constantly thinking of the people in their past, is it possible for those individuals to insert themselves into other individuals' dreams and constantly reinstitute themselves into other people's energy? Mm -hmm. when the other person wants to be left alone. And then is there a way to block that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when, 
when your field is fractured, when you do not feel whole within you, you have leaks in your field, you have gaps in your field, and it's a lot easier for anything to come in and insert itself into your energy. So the first thing in, in adding protection to yourself is collecting all your parts and pieces <laughs> and becoming into more of your wholeness. So when someone is psychically attacking you, whether conscious or not about it, you can feel that energy coming at your direction. If you still hold, like I have a space holder for that person, they can come and go anytime. It's like they're paying rent in your space. You know, they have, they still have a key. Mm. So it's up to you to remove that energy, you know, cut those cords, displace your dynamic um, dissolve it so it no longer is a part of you or a piece of you. So the only way they can actually get in is if you're also inviting it, even if that's an unconscious invitation. Does that mm. make sense? So I'm inviting it. Hmm. Unconsciously. So that could look like, I think they're doing this. I'm worried about them doing this. I resent them for this thing. You remember that thing in the past that happened? Like any thoughts that we have about someone kind of invites them into our field. Right. So the best thing we can do when we have situations like that is drop that person off, forget that they exist. <laughs> Let them do their thing, whatever they're doing. Um, don't follow their social media. You know, people that break up with people and they follow them and they're all, you know, um, it affects them emotionally, literally move on from that relationship. If it's no longer serving you at all and, and you right. no longer want it, it, you really do like close that door, bolt, bolt it closed. You know, yeah. don't even leave any openings. Interesting. We'll talk offline on that one. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm curious about that because it, again, uh, it's funny doing this show. I feel at times, this might be shocking for some people to hear me say, because I've never stated this before. I feel at times that there are individuals that are out there that are uh, attacking me mm -hmm. after I do certain conversations and things because of things that happen in my dreams where it's not people that I follow on social media. It's not people that I've seen in years. Mm -hmm. But okay. rather, I'm like, are they listening in some way, shape, or form, and are they sending some type of energy? So we'll we'll they process are. that. But I, I, I feel do. like I'm going to trust my intuition on that. Yeah, no, I do have I do have responses for that too. Especially when you are doing big work and you're making big changes in the world and you are being a beacon of light, there are forces that will come in to disrupt that, and they will throw things at you and try to knock you down. And sometimes you do need clearing of that stuff because it just it can consume you and make you feel um, very suffocated by that, that mm -hmm. experience, especially if you are talking about big concepts that other people are not wanting to be out there. Right. So yeah, you can absolutely become a target. But I don't want to say that to your audience and make them make people feel like they're, you know, in a, in a threatening position or something like that. Because we, um, we ultimately, we are always safeguarded especially if we are believing in that protection. And so when you know that you're safe and something comes in as a disruptor, clean it up, get a clearing, you know, work that through and then continue to build more protective mechanisms around you as these things are trying to kind of break down your walls. So yeah. that is a very, very, very real thing.
And, and so somebody had told me a while ago and tell me if, if this is good advice for listeners, one way to do that is actually to picture yourself with like a white, pure light surrounding you mm-hmm. as almost a, a temple over top of your body. That's impenetrable. Yeah. Is, is that solid advice? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. White is full spectrum color and it's, and especially if you condense it in, and I was, I always tell people to like zip up your field. So it's kind of like if you're wearing a jacket and if you unzip it, your jacket's open, you kind of let things in. So when you're home in your own space, you're doing your own thing, you can unzip that and let your energy feel more diffused and more free flowing. When you are doing a show that's tackling some, you know, controversial concepts and you want to make sure that you're staying safeguarded, zip up your energy. It brings it in and it creates an armor around you because it's condensed. It's less diffused. And so less can get in through that field when it becomes impenetrable because of its con- you know, it's condensed more for you. So there's absolutely tools like that that you can do to keep yourself safeguarded. Well, Gene, uh, I appreciate you coming on to the show, uh, having this conversation that we've covered a ton of ground. I'm not sure if you realize <laughs> that as, as we went through, but we really have. Um, for my listeners, I want you to go to com. You can check out Gene's work right there. Uh, she also has private work that she does, so you can contact her privately. You don't have to do the Limitless Live 24, but that is an offering that's coming up here just within the next week and a half. Uh, So if you'd like to join in on that January 29th, you want to make sure that you get that scheduled in as well. You can find that on the website. And then uh, from private work, certainly you kind of heard a little about what Gene's about right now. So if you find that that is a good fit for you, uh, schedule just a session, just to talk with her to find out if it's right for you. Uh, And you can do that right on her website as well. Um, Yeah. Gene, did I miss anything? Yeah, there's actually one more thing I wanted to share with your audience. Um, If anyone is interested in joining me for Limitless Live, I am offering um, some complimentary 45-minute energy readings for people. Um, So I've got six spots left for those that I'm offering. And um, those are expiring on January 12th. I'm not sure when this episode is coming out, but if they say your name when they contact me, if there's still spots available and they would like to take advantage of that, I would absolutely offer that and honor that for your audience. Yes. Just tell her that you heard it on America emboldened and that That's we should right. honor it for you. <laughs> That's Absolutely. right. Yeah. We're, we're not going to make the deadline because we're literally recording the day before. And right. Oh, it is um, the 11th. I suppose. Yeah. yeah what 11 is such an <laughs> amazing time to record this today. It is. Um, <laughs> So yeah, the show likely from you listeners, if if I got this right, you should be listening to on Martin Luther King Day, January 15th. That should be the day that this is airing on the network. Excellent. Um, and if you're watching this, you're probably watching on Patreon or one of uh, the other America emboldened sources, whether it's online, one of my socials. So thank you for joining us there as well. And Gene, thank you for joining the listeners. Uh, you're welcome on the Bold American family anytime. I've really enjoyed having you here today. Thank you. I really had a lot of fun with you. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, bold Americans. It's been a blast. I hope that we honored your time. Well today, I say that at the end of every single show, but I feel like that this was one of those shows where we did honor your time. I, I, I feel like there was no distractions from politics. There was no distractions from things that didn't actually serve the human experience. And so I highly recommend it. Check out Gene's work. Uh, open up your mind a bit to if, if you find that this challenge, maybe your conventional thinking, ask yourself why that is. What is it that might keep you from thinking about yourself as a vibrational, energetic being? 
What is it that, that might not sit well with you? And then explore that a little bit. As always, I appreciate you guys being right here. And I'll be back just in a few days with another great show for all of you. You've been listening to American Bolden with Greg Bolden. Be bold, America. Thank you.